briefly, they were subjected to sound in the higher frequencies, and they fainted. And now, back to the adventures. Hello, and welcome to How to Read Comics. Uh, I am not at all your host. Uh, I'm Jason Helms, and uh, I know stuff about comics, is what I do. Um, I also drink. Anyway, our uh, actual host is Nick. Uh, Nick, say hi. Uh, hi. I'll take the I'll take the title of co-host. We're 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 in this together, bud. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah. I've always thought of myself as just a recurring guest. A recurring guest. Well, mm, <laughs> maybe we should bill it that way. Then we won't have to pay you as much. Oh, that's that's true. I, d- I definitely don't want to take a cut in my uh, my <laughs> immense paycheck. Um, the podcast union is on my back. So <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they're fierce. Yes. Um, so today on How to Read Comics, we're going to talk about manga, uh, not about comics at all. Uh, this other thing called manga. So if you are brand new to manga, this will be great for you. If you've been reading it for a while, we might expose you to some things you had not heard of before. Maybe you'll learn a little bit about the history. But this is going to be uh, an introduction to uh, the the genre. And it's also going to be a place where we assign some homework, send you out, you go read some stuff, come back. And in a couple weeks, we will talk about the stuff that you read. Yeah. Uh, so let's start the way we usually do with some questions from Nick. Yes, uh, because other than the word manga, I only know two things about it. And I could be totally wrong on these. Is that they come from Japan. So far, so good. So far, so good. They come from Japan. And you have to read them backwards. Yep. And, and it, it all depends on publication date. Uh, basically... That started happening in the 90s. And sometimes if you get some, edit, some collections from before the 90s, they will have done, taken the entire book and created a mirror image of it, reversed every single oh, image geez. on every page. So you can read it left to right. Um, but it's actually really, really weird. And the okay. artist did not like it uh, because that was not the way they were drawn. And it ends up actually throwing things off in, in strange ways. Oh, geez. Okay, before we get that deep down the rabbit hole, I guess we need to back up even one more step forward and just... Ask the question: What what is ma- manga? Manga? What is right. manga? Yeah, manga is uh, stuff that we would call comics, right? Okay. Uh, it's got drawings, it's got words, and it's published in Japan. Uh, it has a much longer history than comics, though. Uh, you remember in our original introductory es- episodes where we talked about history of comics, mm-hmm. uh, and we got back to like the 19th century, and even some kind of proto comics from the 18th century. Uh, mm-hmm. Manga stretches back to the 12th century. Um, in its most oh. rudimentary forms, um, and it was had a consistent kind of form by like the 16th or 17th century. Then it gets even more complex because by the 20th century, especially mid-century, it started to get really influenced by the West, particularly by Disney and by superhero comics. Mm. And because of that, there's mixing between the two traditions. Uh, but I think it's best to see manga not as a genre, which is what I called it earlier, but as a tradition. Uh, just like U.S. comics is a tradition, and, and U.S. comics includes things that are like superhero comics, but it also includes things like Mouse, which are you know much more serious comics where you're really thinking through like the Holocaust and heavy issues like that. Mm-hmm. Manga has many, many more genres than that. So manga genres, um, they don't have a ton of superhero genres. Um, it's okay. not quite the same way it's done in the U.S., uh, but if you've watched a lot of anime or if you've, you've kind of seen those things, all of those genres are represented. Um, they also have a lot of genres that don't involve a lot of action. It can be more comedy, um, just people talking, drama, romance, um, all kinds of stuff. Uh, but the biggest thing we need to say about manga is it is not seen as trash culture in Japan. Mm. It is 
seen as just kind of a normal thing that you would read. Uh, it's got a position a little bit closer to science fiction, I would say, than gotcha. to comics, where it's kind of more normal to see an adult reading science fiction than to see an adult reading comics. Gotcha. Okay, so um, what you're saying then is if I was sitting on the public bus and um, – well, we don't have the bus here in my town. But if I was sitting on an airplane reading a comic book in the U.S., I might get a few more raised eyebrows than if I were in Japan. I've been on a train in Japan where someone was reading a pornographic comic book. Oh. And it didn't raise that many eyes. Um, <laughs> weirder, in Japan, manga are often published in these anthologies. Mm-hmm. It's probably closer to like primetime television where you've got eight different things going on at once. And, you know, this episode of The Good Place, I've only got one episode and I have to wait till next week to get the next episode. And so in these anthologies, you've got tons of different stories by all these different creators all happening at once. And the next issue of every single one will be in the next issue of the anthology. Oh, all cool. of these simultaneous stories, which is kind of a cool way to do it. Like a TV channel in your hands. Yeah. Um, and because of that, they often publish in black and white. Uh, it makes it a lot cheaper. And so that leads to its mass market appeal and leads to manga being much less expensive uh, than our comics that are full glossy color. Well, uh, I need to ask, I need, we need to go back a little bit too. And you said 12th century. Yeah. What form were these? Like, what were they, what stories were these telling in the 12th century? Like I made a pot today. Look how, Uh, look how great it looks. Well, I'm not going to lie and say that I'm a huge manga expert. Uh, so the fact that they go to the 12th century, um, really surprises me and impresses me. But what I, I do know about is that in, um, Japanese art, but also just in East Asian art, the distinction between image and text is not quite as clear as it is in Western art. So it would be weird for us if we saw a Renaissance painting, right? For there to be just a word down the side, right? Imagine if the Mona Lisa had, you know, next to it, it just said, isn't she pretty? Or beauty <laughs> is in the eye of the beholder. It's just like text written alongside it. Like, yeah, not in the picture, but just kind of above it. That'd be weird. <laughs> really normal thing in Japanese and various East Asian arts, right? You've got a, um, a picture of the moon and then uh, a short verse that talks about, um, how seeing a moon reflected in, in a dewdrop uh, connects us to the entire universe and every molecule contains the entire universe in this way, just like a dewdrop can contain the entire moon. And so they're, they're much more used to that. And that's why it's kind of tough to figure out, okay, where do we have to say, here's where manga started. Uh, but there were a variety of traditions, uh, especially in um, 17th through 19th centuries, uh, that were these Japanese woodblocks. And they would tell short stories. Um, I believe they had instructional ones as well. Um, histories, all kinds of different things. Um, there's even uh, some remnants of some really modern uh, Japanese manga uh, genres like shoujo, which we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, great. So with this uh, rich, long history, if I mean, there's obviously a historical aspect and almost like a, if you're going to read uh, manga, you're going to kind of do a, a history lesson at the same time. It's almost like you're walking through a museum and looking at art, but do you know, or uh, what sort of point in its history did it kind of make the shift from being more artful to being like uh, a piece of literature or like um, a consumable thing, like a comic book? Or, yeah. or are they not? I mean, because I guess I guess I should say when the the thing I think about when I think of manga is the breadth and and depth of content. Yeah, I, I mean the this this I haven't do, uh, jumped 
super deep into the um, section, the manga section at the comic book shop, but the volumes that they have are just like, they're like four inches thick and, and there's just so much content in a single book or it just, there just seems to be so much that I don't know if you know the point of when it changed from being maybe something you saw on the street. I mean, I I would say that there's a big shift in the mid 20th century, just after world war two, where manga stops being a Japanese art form and starts being a globalized art form, something that's influenced by the U S and the moment that that starts, I would point to Astro boy, which debuted in 1952. Uh, You may even remember the old cartoon. Um, This was drawn by Osamu Tetsuka, who's seen as the godfather of manga. Um, He is their Walt Disney and Stan Lee all rolled into one. And he actually was really influenced by Walt Disney. And you can see that in his art form. So why do uh, manga characters have big round eyes? Because Mickey Mouse does. Right. That's one of the reasons, one of the historical reasons for it is, you know, it's actually connecting to these comics that to these cartoons that we usually wouldn't associate with comics in the same way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so Osama Tetsuka uh, had a huge influence on manga. Um, really interesting guy. He actually was a doctor, uh, went through med school and everything before he became a, a, a manga artist and the manga artist. Wow. He does kind of more kidsy stuff. Osama Tetsuka or I'm sorry, Astro Boy is much more. Kid-friendly, action-adventure, um, mm. robot, shoot-em-up adventure kind of thing. But he also has uh, these really, really interesting science fiction pieces, dramas, crime thrillers, all kinds of stuff, um, including medical thrillers, which is not really a genre we would think of, but something a little bit closer to you know House or Grey's Anatomy, and uh, is a, a big genre that he created and, and really cared about. So does manga just go into any, I mean, uh, being a new comic book reader, I guess I don't know if I've seen the breadth of genres that American comic books cover. I mean, they seem to cover a lot of things, but mainly it's kind of like your superheroes is a, a giant section of comic books. And then you've got, you know, non kind of nonfiction comics, like independent comics that tell, uh, you mentioned mouse earlier. Yeah. Talking about the Holocaust and doing um, stories like that. And then you've got kind of some sci-fi stuff. But um, from what you just said about medical thrillers, did, does uh, manga just jump into anything and everything? I mean, I'd say so. But um, you always have, you know, genres, right? Okay. And so uh, medical thriller, I would say, is not really a genre we have in U.S. comics. Not to say that there aren't any examples. Okay. Um, but it wouldn't really be a, a kind of well-entrenched genre that we're like, oh, you know, what's the hottest? Here are the top 10 medical thriller comics coming out this right. year. Right, right. Whereas you might have a much longer tradition in manga. And so one thing I would say is, you know, superhero comics are a genre, but they are also the biggest genre of comics. When we think of comics, that's what we think of. In manga, you have a few of those as well. Uh, one of them would be shoujo, which I referred to earlier which is uh, comics uh, that are targeted at high school and adolescent girls. Um, And they often feature romance, um, especially magical girl romance. Uh, The perfect example of this is Sailor Moon, um, where you've got, you know, a bunch of girls in high school and they've got magic powers and yeah, they got to fight some people off. But really the more interesting thing is the romantic relationship between various characters. And so shoujo would be a big part of it. I'm going to recommend a shoujo uh, coming up. Uh, shoujo started to take off in the 70s uh, and get really serious. 
And so also in the 70s, uh, we'll, get, we'll have a couple of recommendations from the 70s. That's, that's where manga for me really picks up and I get excited in it. But we'll read, uh, talk about some historical stuff. So like yeah. samurai books, uh, things Ooh, like that. Cool. And then you've got, of course, like giant robot books, right? Uh, all the Gundam stuff, uh, that kind of thing. Um, those, those would be some of the big genres, although I'm sure I'm missing a ton as well. So the stuff that you get excited about, that makes me uh, think of, you know, the question, if from an American's perspective, a, a new, not only American's perspective, but like a new comic book reader that's new to comic books in general, and they've been reading American comics by Marvel and DC and independent ones from Image and stuff like that, what place in their repertoire do manga have? What I mean, what, what got you excited about it? Uh, presumably you were into more traditional American comics first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it was probably, uh, Dragon Ball, uh, and Dragon Ball Z were one of the early things for me. And, uh, Akira. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Um, I saw part of that movie when I was way too young and I have been traumatized ever since. Yep. It's pretty dope. Uh, (laughs) and traumatizing. Um, I think I was literally, I think I was like six years old or something. It was, I don't even, I don't even know how that happened, but, and I found out, that's what it was years later by putting the pieces together. Anyway, I, uh, when I got my wisdom teeth out, it's when I decided to watch Akira. Uh, cause oh, somebody geez. told me you've got to watch it when you're high. And I was like, well, I'm not really, I don't Gonna really do that. <laughs> do that. But I, I just got my wisdom teeth out. Let's do this. <laughs> and oh, wow. It was confusing. I watched it again later. I was like, okay, this makes much more sense when I'm not high. So yeah, th- those were some early places for me. Okay, everybody. So get really high get and then go high. read manga. Just kidding. Don't do that. This is for yep. kids, too. I put together a couple recommendations for some places for us to start. Uh, okay. I had had to start, of course, with Osamu Tetsuka and his medical thriller, Ode to Kirihito. Uh, so that's where we'll jump in with uh, cool. Tetsuka. And that was published, I believe, in the 70s. It could have been the 60s originally, uh, but it's, an, it's a real interesting book. Uh, one thing I want to draw your attention to there is not just how different the stories are, but especially draw your attention to the art. Uh, if you followed along with us for the Wolverine episode, I talked about um, page layouts in Wolverine 90. You're going to see some really interesting similarities, uh, and I would say some better versions of it in Osama Tetsuka, uh, as he makes you actually turn the, pa- the page around as you read to illustrate the feeling of confusion that a character has. So jumping into manga with a very interesting uh, genre of medical thrillers. Medical thriller, yeah. The, so, the I mean, everyone goes. I, let's, give, let's give some... Let's give the folks a little bit more to it than just medical thriller. So what, what does that compare to? Um, it's somewhere between medical thriller and uh, But what does medical lost. thriller mean? Me- medical thriller would be house. Grey's Anatomy, okay, right? Okay, that's right. There's, okay. there's a disease I have to, I have to uh, find the cure. So it's, it's Grey's Anatomy plus lost would be the way I'd describe it. Where it's, there's, a, there's a disease, but this disease is not acting like normal. So in this particular one, it turns people into dogs. And they're like cool. half dog people uh, and figuring out exactly what caused it. And then is the government covering it up and more things like that. I mean, so it, it's really exciting and interesting and, and a fun read. Um, but you'll also be struck by how strange it is, how uh, unusual it is if you're used to American comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lone Wolf and Cub uh, for me is a little bit more standard kind of adventure stuff. Uh, this is a samurai about um, a samurai and a young boy. Uh, and I'll leave it at that and let us kind of get into it. Okay. Um, but that's kind of recognized as a classic of manga. Uh, I put Akira on the list uh, that we could just read volume one of Akira. 
But if, if you're too traumatized, I don't want to push that. No, no, no. I'm excited to get back into it uh, because of that. Like, um, I, I, you hear it every once in a while. It's got um, pretty great pop culture appeal. And so um, I think recently, too, they just, or they're going to, they just pr- uh, um, published a huge box set that is the complete Akira. I, oh. It's like 100 bucks. I don't think I'm going to go that route. But if you are really into that, it's out there. Go talk, go down to your comic book store. I guess, uh, will most comic book stores know about all these? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing they're yeah. going to know about Akira, um, Lone Wolf and Cub. Is that, you said it was yeah, fairly standard. Yep. And then the that. Ode to um, Kirohito. That's going to be tougher Maybe. to find, but you can get it on Amazon at the very least. Okay. I made sure that each of these were available and in print, uh, before I put gotcha. it on the list. So they should all be, uh, one of the advantages of Ode to Kirohito is, um, that it's one and done. Right, it's all included. You buy Ode to Kirihito, there's only one volume. Lone Wolf and Cub, there's 26 volumes. We're just going to read the first one. We're not going to try and read the whole thing. Akira, there's six volumes. At least it's a little bit more finite. You can get to the end of this thing. Mm-hmm. Next one on the list, uh, I wanted to read something that was shoujo-influenced. So I chose something by Moto Hajio, who's uh, one of the main figures of shoujo. And it's a recent work by her, about 10 years old, uh, called Otherworld Barbara. And we're just going to read volume one of that. Uh, it's a two-volume book. Does that have anything to do with Barb and Stranger Things? Man, I have no idea what it's about. It was just really well-reviewed, and I was like, all right, that sounds good. Let's do that. Um, <laughs> but I think it does have everything to do with Barb from Stranger Things. I think that's clearly that's, a reference. That's fair. Other, other world Barbara. Upside yeah. down Barbara. Yeah. And then you recommended one, uh, which was – do you want to say what that was? Yeah. So um, my dear loving wife uh, jumps down to the comic book store around my birthday and around Christmas. And for Christmas, she got, um, got me a, f- a few uh, comic books, and she got me – uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure because she um, she followed the uh, How to Read Comics code and uh, asked the uh, fine people behind the counter at comic book stores, what should I get somebody or what should I get myself? Always go talk to your comic book store uh, folks. They love giving recommendations and this was their recommendation as far as uh, manga goes. So um, I'm excited to get into it. Um, I've read just a few pages just enough to kind of get comfortable with the format. Um, but uh, this is kind of more of a Tintin, uh, like Adventures of Tintin meets Indiana Jones meets um, kind of, uh, what am I trying to think of? Um, kind of Lovecraftian stuff. Nice. At the turn of, at the, turn of the 19th century. Tintin ni- versus Cthulhu. I'm, I'm on board. That sounds great. Yeah, there's... Uh, yeah, there's some there's some uh, strange uh, Mayan secrets that they have to figure out. Anyway, I'm I'm only a few pages into it, and like I said, um, I had to get uh, oriented a little bit, and figure out. Okay, yeah, I got to read it this way, and this panel comes after this panel. I guess re- we'll touch real quick on that. So you, most of these you're going to be reading backwards from norm, and the panels follow that uh, format as well. Yeah, yeah. So you start in the upper right of each page, and you move left and downward. Uh, and just like with other comics, sometimes you'll get confused, and that's okay. You know, you'll be fine if you read one panel out of order. You'll figure it out, and your brain will you'll you'll be okay. Yeah, and I did that, and and it, it's it's fine. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so grab some of these books. Uh, we're gonna just keep it to like the first volume of each one. Uh, we don't want you to have to go buy the big old box set of everything. And so, Jason, uh, manga and anime seem to have a relationship to one another what is that relationship is it chicken the egg kind of thing or 
Yeah, I think that's probably a pretty good way to describe it. Astro Boy, again, is the the perfect place to jump into that where you've got a comic series or a manga series, right? Uh, And then you've got an animated series, which is the anime. Um, And so it's the difference between a cartoon and a comic book. The main difference there would be uh, there's a lot more communication between them. So it's common to have uh, a manga come out. And then if it's popular, it turns into an anime and then becomes Mm. more popular uh, because, of course, more people watch TV than will read, even in Japan. Do they do they usually have kind of a um, uh, a crossover kind of feel, or do they just go back and retell the stories that have already been told? Totally depends on who's handling it. Um, usually, okay. there will be some changes. Usually, it'll be the same kind. Of, uh, Akira is a good example of this. The original Akira is, like we said, six volumes. That's a huge amount of material, and to cover that in a two-hour movie is tough. And so, you know, there, there's some stuff that's lost. Some characters are missing, uh, but the overall story is the same or similar. Cool. And then, uh, do you, uh, the popularity of manga in Japan, I mean, is manga just a Japanese thing? So it's yes, in the sense that the term manga refers to Japanese comics. However, there are other East Asian, uh, comic traditions, uh, notably in Korea and China. Uh, although the world has comic traditions at this point, and it'd be, you'd be hard pressed to find a country that doesn't have a tradition. Uh, the most well entrenched one and the one that's, you know, the most famous, uh, in terms of Asian comic histories, is manga. Uh, the three main kind of comic traditions that we talk about are U.S. comics, uh, manga, and uh, the Franco-Belgian tradition, which includes Tintin uh, and uh, various French and Belgian comics. Gotcha. And so if I were to go over to Japan and you know wander into some bookstore or comic store, I'm going to see more manga than Western comic books? Oh yeah, it, definitely. It, yeah, yeah. No, th- there will be manga aisles. Um, right. In fact, there are manga stores. Um, so if you go to a bookstore, they will often have manga there. Um, mm-hmm. But it's much more common to go to either um, a newsstand, like I talked about, and get an anthology. Mm-hmm. Or, geez, I just realized I haven't been to Japan in twenty years. I feel really Whoa. old right now. Uh, anyway. That's one more time than I've been there. So That's, that's true, but wow, 20 years. <laughs> anyway, uh, to get an anthology or um, to go to an actual manga store where the entire thing is. So it's closer to like a comic shop where it's uh, – gotcha. and they might uh, – and I'm not sure about this, but they might have some examples of Western comics that have been translated there. Gotcha. So, it, so the – the relationship that you know we see, we go to a comic book store here, or the popularity of comic books in the U.S. versus the popularity of manga in the U.S. would be similar, just the mirror image in Japan. So manga being so much more popular than Western comics. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I would just say that the big difference would be in Japan, manga are more popular than Western comics are in the U.S. Oh, okay. Much, much more. Everybody reads them. You know, really normal thing. Lots and lots of people read manga. Uh, and they're much more um, into comics there uh, or into mm-hmm. manga there. That the kind of comic nerd we think of is like base level manga fan. Um, <laughs> they have a, a term. And it sounds like it's every other person you pass on the street too. It, it's it's fairly common. I don't, I don't know the exact numbers, but yeah, it's, it's sure, pretty sure. common. They have a, a term otaku, uh, which refers to someone who's... We would say nerd, but it's it's a level beyond that. Um, that kind of encyclopedic knowledge of uh, of something small uh, that definitely shows up in manga, although it's not limited to it. So you are you are the otaku of this podcast. I can only I can only hope I can only hope to someday be that. 
let's just rename. We'll just rename the podcast. Jason Otaku. Otaku-san. Jason. There we go. I'll take anyway. it. Anyway. <laughs> awesome. Okay, Sensei, thank you so much. And uh, we will chat about this again. So thanks again for listening. You can find us at howtoreadcomics.com or at overthinkpod.com. Find us on Twitter and we will post the list of comics you need to be looking at. Just look for the pinned tweet at the top of uh, our page and uh, follow along as we uh, read manga. Talk to you guys next time. See ya. Arigatou gozaimashita. Sayonara. Ichinigasanshi gorokushishachu. Nice.